Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, Are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for another edition of the Curtain Call. My name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Hanging out with you, as always, with one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good. I'm doing good, Mike. Well, it's the first show since the Super Bowl. Um, just your, your overall general thoughts on uh, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady uh, winning his seventh ring. I actually was rooting for Tampa Bay over Kansas City. Uh, especially, I love, I love Tom Brady winning and you know Bill Belichick missing the playoffs. Uh, because Tom Brady's the NFC's problem. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna face him in the Super Bowl, I'm okay with that because we're in the Super Bowl. Other than that, he's the NFC's problem. But we don't have to worry about dealing with him. Uh so I'm happy with that. And I, I love, I just love seeing Bill Belichick have a terrible season and Tom Brady win a Super Bowl. Uh, because I hate Bill Belichick way more than I do Tom Brady. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I feel the same way since Tom left the Patriots. Um, my hate of Tom Brady is slowly declining as much as that might anger some Steeler fans, but I still very much enjoyed watching the Patriots lose a lot. So maybe it's just that color scheme in new England that just uh, makes my blood boil. But uh, 
This is where we're at now. But uh, what did you think of uh, Bruce Arians, the former Steelers offensive coordinator, uh, charge down now in Tampa Bay, uh, time coach of the year since he left the Steelers, now Super Bowl champion, and uh, just your overall thoughts on him and uh, his job that he did in the Super Bowl. Well, he had like his coaching staff was heavily tied to Pittsburgh. Uh, he's got like Larry Foote and Antoine Randall L, Byron Leftwich. They're all in there. Uh, he, I, I loved what he's done building that team. Um, I, I, I like, I like what he's done. He's been like, I have a passing game. He's got himself a really good run game coordinator, and they, they won that game with the run game and the defense. Tom Brady, like I, was, I said part way into the game, I'm like, Tom Brady's gonna get this MVP, but it's not him. Like, he, like the game was won on defense and then sealed with the run game. But they were – it's a good team. I, I, I love what he did there. I love the team he built. I love that defense. absolutely love what Tampa Bay has done on that defense. Now, I know you have some just general – some thoughts on uh, kind of the, the the makeup of that uh, Buccaneers coaching staff. So, if you want to share those, by all means. All right, we'll, we'll do this now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Buccaneers actually have, like, a ton of coaches. They have, like, 29 total coaches counting Bruce Arians. But if you get to his 28 assistants, 14 of them – are either minorities or women, right? Like you, you've got 14 white guys and you have 14 people, coaches who are either African-American or, or he's got two women. Like in an era where, you're, where we're talking and there's constant debate about like, is it a problem that there's not more, you know, minorities in coaching? Is it a problem that we see so many players are, are African-American and yet so few coaches are? And then... You've got like a guy like Eric Bieniemy who can't get a chance. You've got like you know, uh, even though what he's done with Kansas City is incredible. You got Todd Bowles who got a chance, uh, and then nobody wanted to hire him for anything. Uh, Bruce Arians picks him up as his defensive coordinator, and that team they outcoached Kansas City, you know. And 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 furthermore, Bruce, I think it's uh, his assistant head coach, his offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. And his special teams coach, they're all African American. Like, there's no white dudes on there. It's just you got Bruce, like the whitest dude in the world, and then like the rest of his staff is not. Um, and what I wanted to point out with that is that is what you expect to see statistically. As as a person, I did a lot with economics, and I love statistics, so I do a lot with that stuff. That is what you expect to see if you have someone who is looking at the hiring situation in the NFL and says, okay, you know what? Maybe there's something to this. Maybe there's something that, that people are getting passed over based on race. Maybe people aren't getting fair opportunities. So let's hire them. Let's bring them in. Let's go get a Todd Bowles when he's, you know, not popular right now. Let's bring in a Byron Leftwich. Let's do, let's bring in a bunch of these guys. Brings in players. That's one of the things people are like, oh, players don't always make good coaches. Well, look at his staff. Offense coordinator is a former quarterback. His is his, uh, you know, Larry Foots, their inside linebackers coach, Antoine Randall coach in there. Like all of that's happening. Like he brings in those players. He's doing all this stuff that people are giving as excuses for why, like, oh, you know, it's that's not, you know, that's not a real thing. It's it's the hiring's fair. It's just, you know, the they haven't proven themselves. He's given them a chance, and he is and he suddenly he has like one of the best teams in the NFL and the best team this year. One of his women, one of the women on his staff are an assistant defensive line coach. If you watch that Super Bowl, Tampa Bay's defensive line just dominated that game. They flat out dominated that game. 
So to me, if we're talking about, you know, race and hiring in the NFL, one of the things people need to look at is what Bruce Arians just did with a staff of a lot of people who weren't getting chances elsewhere. And he just, he gave them the opportunity and they flat out outcoached one of the best coached teams in the NFL. Andy Reid's coaching staff is no joke. He he is he is always assembles good staff. They're always a well coached team, and they just got out coached uh, by Tampa Bay. So then, when you reflect that to like the Steelers coaching staff, and if I'm not mistaken, they either have the least total coaches on, on a team or like in the bottom five. Compare that to the the Buccaneers, of course, who lead the league. Like you said, what 30, 32 coaches? Is that I'm right? Twenty nine right now. Twenty nine right now. So they're one of the highest. Could the Steelers take something from that and potentially – do you think there might be something with too many cooks in the kitchen or uh, clearly they won the Super Bowl. Would you want the Steelers to, uh, to take a, an, an approach like the Buccaneers had? I really would. Uh, like we talked last last summer, um, they talked about how Todd Haley was doing all this work with the run game. And I'm like, he's the quarterback's coach. Like if he's working with the run game, who's working with Mason Rudolph? Matt Canada, but yeah. yeah. Matt Canada, I'm sorry. Who, who was I saying? Todd Haley. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone. Matt Canada. Matt Canada is working and putting all the motion in the run game, and he's the quarterback's coach. Like, who's working with the quarterbacks? They don't have a run game coordinator. They don't have one. Bruce Arians' run game coordinator, he's assistant head coach slash run game coordinator. The dude was with the Steelers in 2007, with the Steelers for, for Bruce Arians' run here as a coach, and he was – he was uh, assistant offensive line coach and like head of uh, what was it called the the scouting people to offensive quality control he quality control coordinator something like that but basically he did the run game advanced scouting and he helped with the offensive line like that's what he did and when Bruce Arians left there he's taken him every single other place he's gone and I found that interesting I actually went back and looked because of that I looked at our rushing numbers when Bruce Arians was here. And outside of the Le'Veon Bell years, they're better than anything we've seen since. Like, you're talking like that offensive line fell apart into, after 2007 when we ran the ball all over everybody. Uh, and then, like, we still ran better from from those years than we do now. And Bruce Arians is not a run game. He's not a running guy. But he had a special dude that just was – that's his job. He's the run game coordinator. Uh, he kept him, and he's still there. He's there in Tampa Bay, and, and how did they win that game? They they ran the ball to seal the game. There's a reason he's, he's he's Bruce Arians' assistant head coach, and that is he's that good at what he does, which is make sure the, the team runs successfully. So I think, I think there is room for those kind of positions. There's room for those advanced scouts. I love that the Steelers hired a, a quality control person to be an advanced kind of scouting dude. I, I I'd like to see more. I'd like to see, you know, a quarterback's coach whose job is just to coach the quarterbacks and not like you're a quarterback's coach slash assistant offensive coordinator. Like, come on, like give real code, like give the guys a chance to really do their job. Don't give them multiple jobs. Now, like like you did mention, the Steelers brought in uh, offensive quality control coach um, for the first time since the offensive coaches Steelers. Held the same responsibilities in 2018. Um, Matt Tom shows his name. He was with Matt Canada at Louisiana State, uh, at Pitt. He was also there with him at Maryland. Can you explain more what kind of that coach does? 
uh, for a team. If, I'm sure there's people that, that don't have experience with the quality control coach. And then what uh, if there's any excitement that Matt Canada really has his guys with him in, at, at, in Pittsburgh? I think it's important that he did spend time with, with Matt Canada. Um, people always talk about like, oh, Tomlin hires people he's coached with before. Well, yeah, if you look, you look at Bruce Arians' list of coaches, like Todd Bowles was a player for him when he coached at Temple in like the 80s. And like he just hired another dude who uh, – he has another dude on his staff who, who was a, a, like a team – who was like a coaching assistant back then. Like he – you hire people you've worked with that you've seen and you know and you've worked with. So Matt Canada getting this guy that he's worked with before is good because this guy knows what Matt Canada wants to see. He's had time to learn other places – you know, they're not going to be learning on the fly and be like, nope, that's not what I needed. And, you know, that wasn't helpful this week. He already knows what he's looking for, what kind of keys, what kind of defensive cues that they can, they can, you know, run the offense off of and look at. Uh, offensive quality control coaches largely are film watchers. They're guys watching film of your team. They're watching films of other teams. And they're sitting there thinking weeks ahead. Like they've got a couple of teams on the book and they're watching the film saying, how is this team likely to defend us? How have they defended teams that do things that we do? How do they defend this kind of motion? What do they do when a team runs a jet sweep motion? How do they cover that? What do they do if it's a pass? What do they do if it's a run? They're looking at all this stuff so that when you get to the point where as an offensive coordinator, you're like, all right, now we're switching off of the team. We're just faced to the next team. You have like a book in front of you. Like, you you know, you have you have a script in front of you that this is this person that you know who knows what to look for, knows what information to give you is saying, this is what we expect from them. This is how we should attack them. Uh, this is what they would probably do to counteract these different things. You know, they've done all that film work while you were working on the previous team, putting that together dealing with the team. So they don't have to deal with like, ideally they're not really dealing with players as much. They're dealing with watching the film and coming up with, you know, watching for tricks, watching for little things you can pick up to take advantage of when you do face them. Yeah. And you know, continuing with the coaching stuff, I, I know when we're talking about prepping for the show, we talked about a, a little about uh, head coaches and if they fail as a head coach, what it means for them uh, coming down to say be a coordinator or a positional coach. And we, we didn't really get too much into it, but for me, I always thought typically when those guys are brought in, you typically see some sort of rejuvenation and breath of fresh air. I, I'm curious whether or not you see the same thing. And if, uh, if you kind of prefer seeing these, these flame out head coaches uh, being someone that could be a replacement as a coordinator or positional coach. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, Todd Bowles was phenomenal for Tampa Bay. Often you see that. Uh, often when you get a guy who got a shot at a head coach, it's because he did a phenomenal job as a coordinator or really phenomenal job as a position coach who also happens to be a great coach, period, like a Mike Munchak. Went straight from offensive line coach to head coach. He didn't work there. Went back to offensive line coach. He was great. Uh, Todd Bowles just did that. Uh, and they're – one of their coaches, I don't know if it's, it's, it's like their assistant defensive coordinator slash one of their position coaches. He he was the defensive coordinator for Todd Bowles in New Jersey in the, on the New York Jets. So like they moved out and they just, okay, that didn't work. So we'll move you back down into position. You're more familiar and you stay with the team. Oftentimes people go up a step when they're not ready. Uh, sometimes it's because like, especially with head coaches, sometimes they're a great, great coach, but they don't have a staff right? They don't know a good offensive coordinator yet. They don't have that together. You, 
They haven't worked with an offensive coordinator. It's a, you don't you don't do that. You're not in meetings with the offensive coordinator being how do we make this work? No. Like so sometimes they don't have a staff together, but sometimes it doesn't matter. They're still a great coach. They're just not ready to be a head coach or maybe they're not even head coaching material, but they've shown themselves to be a great coach. That's why they got that chance. They have some special talent. And even if it doesn't work out on that level, they're probably still really good at their job just to get that shot. So yeah, like Hugh Jackson, nobody wants to touch Hugh Jackson. Nobody wants to touch him. He's phenomenal. He has been a phenomenal quarterbacks coach and he was a really good offensive coordinator. And he was a pretty solid head coach, just not a great one. You know, like he, same with Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, like Cincinnati was absolutely trash. They hired Marvin Lewis, went to the playoffs a bunch, but now he couldn't get over the hump. So let's hire someone new. And now they're trash again. They're absolute trash again. And it's like, but people don't want to hire Marvin Lewis. Why? Like, dude, the guy's good. Like he, he's the only reason the Bengals were good. So I'm, I'm all about that. I'm all, I love if a coach didn't work out when they got another, you know, they went up the ladder, bring them in. I mean, that's the Steelers. Look at the Steelers. Dick LeBeau. Come on. Mike Munchak. Some of our favorite coaches there. Todd Haley ran a heck of an offensive system in Pittsburgh. He wasn't a good head coach, but they earned those shots. Yeah. Like I, I was just going to say like that coach, Staff, I'll say 2015, what it had four former or current head coaches uh, yep. in that coaching staff. It, it really was one of the best staffs the Steelers have had in some time. And since then, I, I would say they haven't had anything to that level. Yeah. Now, taking a step back to the Super Bowl, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about that uh, Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. Uh, and they had Stefan Wisniewski, the former Steeler there. Uh, for about a cup of coffee, but uh, I know uh, Dave Schofield, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, uh, was chatting about this a little bit yesterday, that, mentioning that uh, you two had a conversation about uh, Kevin Dotson. If if the Chiefs decided to go that way in the third round, perhaps they uh, they might be the team uh, celebrating today. What are your thoughts on Dotson and uh, the Chiefs' offensive line? Well, they they drafted in the third round. Uh, they drafted an offensive lineman. They drafted a tackle. I'm trying to see if I can find it here real quick, but I don't think I can. All right. But they drafted an offensive tackle. I can't find his name. Uh, and he never played. He didn't play at all this season. And so I'm watching this film, and I'm, and the second half of, this, of the game, where you're everyone's waiting for Kansas City to come back, and, and you're watching Tampa Bay just – absolutely attacked Stefan Wisniewski and not just him, but like sending multiple guys at that gap and attacking their communication. And so I looked into it and, and the, the story of the offensive line is, is something for me that's a great lesson we can take away from this and also something we can appreciate as Steelers fans from our past here. Uh, 2019, they had Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz at tackle. Eric Fisher is not as good as his draft stock was when he was drafted, but he's very solid. Mitchell Schwartz was one of the best, one of the best tackles in football. They had, uh, I'm going to, he's Canadian. I'm going to miss the he's French Canadian. Duvernay Tardif. 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 Pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was one of their guards. And then they had um, a guy by the name of Andrew Wiley was kind of a cast off and had found their way there. He's, he ended up starting for the Chiefs in 2019. He's the one who was injured late in the season. 
Wisniewski comes in and is playing between Fisher and their center, uh, something writer. I only have his last name down, but uh, and he's playing well there. Uh, what's his name? Wiley comes back, he's healthy to play for the playoffs, and they leave him on the bench because the guy who replaced him is playing really good, and the line is playing really good. So they're like, We're not messing with it, we're not putting you back in. And I, I read that. I remember that from that Super Bowl. And I'm just like, what the Steelers did this season when Kevin Dotson was playing great. And all, and then, like, you know, Matt Filer's back. And they're like, oh, you're the starting guard again. And then they went – the Browns killed him. Like, he, he was not 100%. And the Steelers like, nope, he's the dude. Keep him in there. He's playing all game. It's awful. It's not good. Um but then why why the, so so that's that's one tie end I want to do. Uh but the next season, Duvernay Tardif, did I say it right? Is that better? Hold it. It was beautiful. Okay. He opts out. Great story, in my opinion. He opted out. He was working uh in a in a nursing home and he was taking yeah. care of people. And he's like, during COVID, I can't leave these people. So he he like passed on a year in the NFL to like make barely anything to do his his to pursue his love of medicine and helping people which is cool so he opts out uh schwartz i think believe is injured gets injured fisher gets injured uh like they're just they lose all their offensive linemen right be, be either in free agency or to injury they take a guy wiley you know and they're like you're just going to be our starter Wisniewski goes to the Steelers and they have very little depth and then they lose like a couple more people to injury and they're in bad shape. So I was watching that, like the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, they, they put their starting guard at tackle and slid uh, Wisniewski in at guard. And in the second half of that game, Tampa Bay is just running blitzes straight at that gap, right at the center tackle uh, guard on the on Wisniewski side, they're attacking it all day because those guys you've got a guy out of position and you've got a guy who hasn't been playing with him in between. Like the communication wasn't good there and they just got blown up. And it that really stood out to me because people will talk about, yeah, the offensive line, the offensive line, Patrick Mahomes had had some time, they had chances to make plays in the first half. But the coverage was phenomenal, and that just wasn't there. There were so many times Patrick Mahomes is running. If you get when I'm, when I was watching the All Twenty Two film, he was running because he didn't have anyone to throw to. No one was open. It was they just had the team defended. Second half, they get Eric Bieniemy in there. He does what he does, and they makes their second half adjustments, which is what the Chiefs are famous for. You know, you can you can stop them in the first half. Second half, they come and blow you up. But in the second half, Tampa Bay adjusted, and their big adjustment was we're going straight at that gap. We're going right at their right guard, right at Stefan Wisniewski, and we're just we're just going to attack there. And they kept getting pressure on Mahomes. And if you watch that second half, if you have access to all 22 film, there's passes to make. There's guys open. But he is running for his life and can't, like, can't stop and look back the other way because he's running to his right. They just absolutely pressured him in the second half and destroyed him. Because of that. So I made the point that if they had drafted Kevin Dotson in the third round instead of drafting a tackle who never played in the whole season, um, they'd win the Super Bowl. We saw Kevin Dotson step in. We saw him play people like DeForest Buckner. We saw teams blitz 
his section and they handled it. The Steelers handled it. Like he, he was solid all season. If they had made that step, right. They win the Super Bowl because instead of Wisniewski, it's Kevin Dotson. And that second half of that game, Mahomes has time to throw. He has times to find the time to find the people he's making plays. So that, that was takeaways for me. And it, it remind, made me think a lot about the 2008 Steelers and how they lost so much. Fanica left in free agency. Marvel Smith went down. Like they, the only person they returned uh, was Willie Colon. And that was before mm. Willie Colon moved to guard and was good. Like he moved to guard eventually and was pretty good, but he, this was when he wasn't good. And so that's the only holdover they had from 2007 when their offensive line was really good. And yet that Steeler team won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes couldn't. With a with a patchwork offensive line, Patrick Mahomes couldn't win the Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger did it. So that's in my opinion. I've said it before. I've said, I, I tell people this all the time when they like, oh, Ben, he's, how good is he? No other quarterback wins the Super Bowl on that 2008 Steelers team with that offensive line. Nobody. Ben Roethlisberger did that. Uh, Patrick Holmes couldn't. So that's 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 one of my takeaways. Oh, no, and it is definitely extremely similar, uh, the two situations, the offensive line, of course. The Chiefs had a decent offensive line before everyone got hurt, but yeah. y- you can see what just one game of getting killed uh, turned it Mahomes into and what Ben Roethlisberger was able to do over what? They got the bye week, so 19 weeks. He was killed each and every one of those games. For me, one of my biggest takeaways of the Super Bowl was how well-rounded that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was. Perhaps every single unit wasn't elite, but if they weren't, they were damn close. One of the things I really took away from the game, too, is that they didn't have any necessary hole on their defense. And one of the things that screamed to me when relating that to the Steelers is they need to figure out the guy that's beside Devin Bush. To, to, to me, that, that's the way it looked like, because watching Levante David and Devin White take that game over, it, to me, it was screaming, if we can pair Devin Bush with someone, this Steelers defense is going to be locked down. That could be in the draft with someone like Zayvon Collins, who, to me, I've absolutely fallen in love with. His film, his clutchness, his size, everything. Just jumps off the paper to me. Perhaps they don't want to go a linebacker again in round one, and Maybe they go uh, the avenue of uh, uh, Gerard Davis uh, out of Detroit, who some rumors were popping up uh, even today that teams uh, view him as uh, someone who's a quality linebacker in this league but was just misproperly used in Detroit. So uh, I'm curious your thoughts on that uh, regarding the defense and how the Steelers could potentially try to boost up their unit by being well more well-rounded throughout uh, the entire, uh, the entire uh, unit. Tampa Bay took, if you remember before the draft, I, I wanted Tampa Bay's safety. I wanted the guy they got. Uh, They took him. One of the things I loved in Tampa Bay did this. One of the things Todd Bowles did in the first half was he would line three guys deep in like just straight up. Like looked like, uh, looked like fullbacks in soccer. If you ever see a soccer field where there's just three guys just standing back there waiting, they're 15 yards deep, three guys, just 15 yards deep. Boom. Like, just lined up on the field, on the defense. I'm looking at that. I'm like, what the heck are they doing? And then one, two of them, however they wanted to do it, would step up. So they're already deep, ready for the deep routes to come, right? They're backed up. They're ready. And plus you have people attacking forward 
And so as Mahomes, like he's getting the snap and then he has to look up and be like, okay, nope, they're actually in cover three this time. Or nope, they're in cover one this time and two guys are coming up. Or they're in cover two or, you know, some variation of that. They're in a man. They were doing that stuff to him. I love that. I love when teams do that. The Steelers do a little bit of that. Uh, And it made me think, man, I wish we had three. I wish we had that third safety because I think that he would have helped not taking anything away from the pick we did make. Uh, The picks we did, how we used our draft capital kind of worked out well for us, though. Um, But I wanted to to say I loved that. Uh, People are going to get a lot of Devin White, give Devin White a lot of credit here. He had a phenomenal season this year, a lot of impact. He had nine sacks. You know, he had four, he had fumble recoveries, he had pass defenses. He was their attacking linebacker. Levante David was more in coverage, right? What we saw this season from Devin Bush was more of what Levante David did, where he was in he's in coverage this year. Less of what he was last year. Last year they really turned Devin Bush loose. And we got kind of exposed for it in coverage, you know, a couple of times. This year they were like, no, we're gonna put you back in coverage and, and let you just dominate. And he did. He really did. And you saw other people collect those stats. So if the Steelers do pick up a a really good linebacker, what you want is a playmaker. You want a guy who attacks forward because Devin Bush is better at being that Levante David cover role than he is what Devin White was doing where he's attacking and blitzing. Bush is actually not a great blitzer. I would say that is one of his weakest things. Not that he can't do it. Not that he's bad at it. He's just not great at it. And he's great at like literally everything else he's great at. He's just not great at blitzing. Uh, so you'd want that kind of a player. And like that's one of the reasons I, I got started looking at Gerard Davis. Davies is he is that dude. He is exactly that dude. Detroit wanted him to be more a pass coverage guy. And that's not really his strength. So if he's covering like the the number two tight end, or a running back who's not really a great guy. Like, he's got that. He's fine. But he's better attacking. So, I would, be, I would be a big fan of that pickup, although he is – we'll see how much attention he gets. He may be driven up. But also in the draft, like like you said, uh, there's plenty of them in the draft that are playmakers. That could be a great pickup. Uh, but I don't, it's not something we have to – I see a lot of people saying we have to find that guy. Don't sell Robert Spillane and Vince Williams short just yet. Uh, Vince was really good when Bush was playing. Robert Spillane showed traits that I think will go really well with Devin Bush. So I'm not, I'm not worried about, you know, finding that guy. If that's the best player available, or if say someone in free agency, say Gerard Davis doesn't get a lot of attention and you can scoop him up for a, a, a mid range contract and get like, boom, you have an elite linebacker duo for cheaper. That'd be great. I would love that. Uh, but it's not something I would say a priority. Now, it's funny. Like, for me, one of my loves with Zayvon Collins is that he can blitz and he can cover. And it's going to be inevitable that at some point, Vince Williams and Robert Spillane are going to be asked to cover a slot receiver all game. And we're going to scream at our TVs collectively until uh, the final whistle blows. So that's kind of why I uh, I-, I like some of these other teams. No matter who it is, they're going to do that. It'll be Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith will be asked to cover guys in the slot because that's that's how we do it. That's how we do it is we we do that and then we put Minka over top of him and be like, okay, if you're short, he's going to deal with you, you know, and if you go long, your, your, your quarterback has to throw at Minka Fitzpatrick. 
All right, so I think that's going to wrap up the first half of this podcast, uh, a little Super Bowl-centric. Uh, the second half, we're going to turn our attention uh, to the, the NFL's insane quarterback carousel, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's contract extension that people were talking about, uh, the offensive line, a whole bunch uh, more other stuff. So if you're listening on the podcast platforms, just uh, flip over to po- uh, part two right now. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, just hang tight. We will be back in just a second. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.